Hey friends, welcome to The Problem with Perfect. What is the problem with perfect? It's the myth that if we just do more, be more and have more, our lives will be perfect. I'm Robin May, a journalist, wife, mother, and most days a faith-filled Christian. And I'm Denise Pickle, a clinical therapist, educator, mom, Mimi, and spirit-filled follower. As recovering perfectionists, we promise to be transparent and real and to share the wisdom of trusted advisors and guests. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. Hello, Denise. What a day, huh? Oh, you bet. What a day. It's beautiful here. It's 85 degrees. There's a bluebird sky. The trees are absolutely on fire. It is just gorgeous. Yeah, I can only imagine. I was uh, yeah, lucky enough to be in Denver last week and it was beautiful then. Yeah. But you could tell that the best was yet to come last week. You could tell. Yes. Yeah. No, it is. It is just magnificent right now. I love it. Yes. So are, are your trees changing yet? They are changing. You know, we, we had a dry summer here in Columbia, Missouri, so our leaves aren't going to be, you know, as stunning as maybe they otherwise would be. But uh, it's funny that you say that because this morning in my journaling, I, uh, I had I had given thanks for a couple things. And one was just the beautiful fall weather, wow. uh, that crispness in the morning and walking the dog and you know even sometimes with the leaves falling like like little petals you know and i love the red trees the yellow trees and just be present in the moment because sometimes i can get like oh shoot it's so pretty but you know what they're going to be gone next week and then i say they're going to be naked ladies you know from now until Mm -hmm. april um, which makes me sad for the trees and all that and so today i was just reflecting on like just god help me be present and help me enjoy the moment And then you'll laugh about this, Denise. One of the other things that I journaled about being thankful for today was the fact that we get to podcast. And (laughs) I know. We get to. We get to podcast. Yeah. And so for our listeners who are like, I don't get the joke. um, So, yes, this is what happened. So I was super excited about our podcast today. I love our guest. When she comes, I get so fired up because we have her on. A little clue for you. We have her on when we have tough topics that we're like, "Eh, we don't know what to do with that. We don't really want to touch that. So let's get Lauren on because she'll talk to us about it. And so that was the plan for today. And I was giving thanks and I was so excited about it. I texted you this morning. Oh, I'm so excited about the podcast. And then, and then I didn't show up to podcast. That's right. You didn't. (laughs) And thankfully, no one, none of the listeners actually see us because we don't post the video. We just do the audio because the look on my face of saying to Lauren, well, it's just going to be you and I, we can do this. We can do it. Golly, we got it done. You've taught us well. Uh, Well, first of all, uh, let me just apologize to you and to Lauren because I would never stand you up on purpose, but right. also to our listeners, um, I, I guess there's a lesson to be learned in the fact that either I'm overextended, which I don't really think I was overextended today. I was busy, 
But I just thought I knew my calendar and my calendar in my head and my calendar in real life were different. Mm-hmm. Um, Denise, you can speak to this. Sometimes it's easy to get confused about whether we're doing it because there's an hour time change between you and I. Yes. And yeah. so I got in my head, we were doing it at the time, but it was the wrong time. So all of that to say, listeners, you guys are in for a treat. I think this is Denise's first solo interview. I think so. Woohoo! Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do things. Well, and you know, the other funny thing is you were so organized a couple weeks ago that you sent out the Zoom invite several weeks ago for today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you were on it two weeks ago. Yeah. I think that there's a lesson for me in that too. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I know that I drive people crazy because I like, wait, I don't do things like, you know, when we found out we were going to have Lauren on the show, like I, I sent the invite then. Right. But normally right. I like to send things a few days ahead of time, not a right. few weeks ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's just the way my brain works. I'm better off at keeping, I can manage a couple days in a, ahead. I'm maybe not so good at managing a couple weeks ahead. I don't know, but all I can say is um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you guys. I'm sorry to our listeners, but Hey, uh, come Tuesday morning, I'm going to be sitting with that, you know, my iPhone or whatever device I'm listening and going to be super excited to hear the episode, just like everyone else, because this is a, t- a tough subject and a subject that we've been, you know, looking forward to talking about, because I think it's, it's something that we can always learn more about. It's something that we can always benefit from doing better. And it is a part of this October series about the ties that bind, right? That's right. So this is actually our um, third, fourth, fourth, fourth episode yeah, of for the series. Our October series. Yeah, the ties that bind or break us focuses on various aspects of family life. And so marriage is hard. The mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship may be challenging. Parenting our adult children and grandparents raising their grandchildren can be especially difficult. Today, we are discussing the often controversial issues surrounding boundary setting with family, friends, and coworkers. Please join us each week as we unpack these delicate topics with trusted advisors and friends. We promise there is something for everyone. That is true of all episodes, and especially when Lauren Eislaben is our guest for the podcast, which she is for today. And uh, you might remember that Lauren is, we'll call her a frequent flyer, a frequent guest mm-hmm. of the podcast. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. It's because, uh, well, it's because she's freaking awesome. We love mm-hmm. her. Listeners love her. I uh, just love her personable way that she she just makes it easy to interview her and we love having her on. And in lieu of listing a bunch of like educational credentials that you've heard before about Lauren, let me just say this. Lauren is a licensed professional counselor who understands that life is really hard and that there's a lot of uncertainty and confusion in it. So Lauren wants everyone to know that we are not alone. She works with individuals, couples, families, and groups, and she does so with one goal in mind, for her clients to feel safe in their relationship with her, and then from that safe place, feel the freedom to explore what they want to receive out of their time in counseling together. 
So listeners, I am sure you're in for a treat with Denise interviewing Lauren on this really important topic. So welcome to the show. So Lauren, let's start with defining boundaries. Sure. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's that's a really good place to start. And it's I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. It's a little bit of a complex question. Um, It sounds like when I talk to people, everybody has a familiarity with the term boundaries, but when it comes down to actually practicing or living in a boundary way, it can get kind of mucky. So, you know, one of the simplest ways that I like to define it is boundaries just is a relational concept. And what it helps us do is it determines where I end and you begin. And I like that definition a lot because it leaves a lot of freedom to not necessarily apply boundaries to any specific type of relationship or life stage. It's basically a a way of living and being with each other that allows me to have the freedom to be who I am and you to have the freedom to be who you are and that each one of us doesn't feel like we need to conform Mm. to the other. And, you know, a lot of times when people get really kind of hung up in a relationship in a conflict or maybe some tension, a lot of times it can be because we're not sure what our part is and what the other person's part is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that today we can get some clarity on if we're experiencing that kind of tension, how we might be able to untangle some of that and figure out what is it that we really bring to the table. Mm, That's an excellent description. Are boundaries always negative or can they be positive or does it depend on which side of the fence you're on? Yeah, great question. Also, there's about five questions in there. I'm going to try to hit hit each one of them in a way. <laughs> Are boundaries always negative? I will say that my gut reaction answer to that question is that they're never negative. Okay. And In the same breath, I can say that they are often experienced as negative. And that leads me to kind of your second question. Does it determine, you know, does it depend on which side of the fence you're on? Sure. Of course it does. You know, if you ask me to go to dinner tonight and I say, actually, I'd rather not, I'm really tired. That's a, that's a pretty positive boundary for me because I'm saying I'm really tired and I'm not going to be able to expel the energy. Maybe that would be respectful to you to go to dinner. However, on your end, it could be very negatively received because it feels bad when somebody says no to us. Mm. And that's just kind of a human condition that, that we don't, one, we don't like to hear no because it, you know, we assume it means something about us. Maybe I don't want to spend time with you tonight. And also we don't like to say no to other people because we know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, my take and my perspective, my own personal learning about boundaries over the course of the past 20 years is that boundaries are when they are executed in a healthy way, in an appropriate way, are incredibly freeing and positive. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that there won't be some negative consequences sometimes that come from them. Does that help answer your question? It does. And I think part of, for me, part of boundary setting is expectation, being able to accept that I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to receive whatever your response is without 
hopefully taking it negative or being offended, just understanding that now is not a good time. But I think it takes maturity on both ends for boundaries to be effective. Absolutely. It it also takes a lot of reflection on what our upbringing has been like around boundaries. So, you know, there's there's typically two two environments that people are brought up in. One on on one end of the extreme, there aren't a lot of boundaries. Everybody's kind of able to do whatever they want, express themselves in whatever way they feel comfortable, maybe not a lot of limits, and from that can be some freedom but also some chaos in the in the family dynamic and in the environment on the other side you can have a system that's incredibly boundary to the point where there is no expression of self there's not a lot of freedom and while somebody would say maybe that's more orderly or more controlled it also asks the question were those my limits or were they my family's limits or who am i allowed to make a decision here and so you know, that's really that that's somewhat dependent. Our response to boundaries are dependent on how we were raised to think about them and even more so how to experience them. So, yeah, maturity plays a big role in it. Also, environment does what we're what we're taught to believe about that word. I guarantee you that most people, when I say let's work on boundaries, <laughs> the response is typically this kind of like gasp in the room, like, oh, we don't want to talk about that. There's something there that feels negative, you know, or I don't like to be controlled or um, boundaries. Boundaries have been painful, painfully even put on me. And so I have to kind of back up and say, yeah, expectations, a huge part. What do we expect people are going to say to us and how are we going to respond? And then two, what did we grow up believing boundaries to be about? And are we still living under that kind of perception in our own life? Right. And I would maybe add to that, were you allowed to challenge a boundary? Because that's another part of boundary setting. Sometimes is that negotiating a boundary. And in some families of origin, there was no negotiating that's right. anything, much less you know, what time I need to be home on Friday night or what my grades are, that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really good point that, excuse me, that in some family systems, only one person was allowed to communicate what the expectations were. Right. And everybody else had to follow suit. That can cause some real big concerns when you get to be an adult and you're not sure who's going to one, give you those expectations anymore. And what happens if you come up with your own? Is somebody going to actually listen to them or respect them or appreciate them? Or really, is it going to be, no, you actually still don't have a say. You don't have a voice. Um, I heard equal pain on both sides of that dilemma where it's, I I don't know how to, I never learned how to make a decision for myself because it was always made for me. That's one. And on the other way, I had so much freedom in making decisions. I never knew if it was the right decision. So it's like, you know, two people can end up in the same struggle in early adulthood and could have experienced boundaries in completely opposite ways. And believe it or not, a lot of times those two people end up in a relationship together (laughs) And then that's when they call for couples therapy because we have a big, we got a big issue with, I want you to take care of me, but I don't know how I want to be taken care of. 
And then nobody knows what to do. And, you know, I'll say most of the time, anytime there's, I, I said this at the beginning, that there's a conflict in a relationship. So, so much of it could be drilled down to, well, that's a boundaries issue. Hmm. Everybody thinks communication is the biggest issue, right? Well, communication, yeah, we all need to communicate well. Um, that's wrapped up in boundaries too, but really it's where do I believe I have some agency and where do you have some agency and how do we work that out? That's a boundaries issue. Absolutely. Yeah. What would, what advice would you give for a people pleaser who the thought of setting a boundary with someone, you know, causes heart palpations? Yeah, absolutely. One I haven't met uh, somebody who really struggles with people pleasing who doesn't have heart palpitations when they're thinking about setting a boundary. So it's very normal reaction goes all the way back to, we don't like to disappoint people. So even if you're not a people pleaser, you know, the chance of somebody not liking you because of something you need to say or something you need to act, that's pretty normal response. Um, And I, I will say to the, to the folks who really are, are interested in not rocking the boat, right. Not causing turmoil, not, Um, making somebody upset with them, there's not an easy solution for this because it just takes practice. And uh, what I, you know, there's ways to work around that, but really until you even get the, you know, when you can follow the feeling of, I think I need to, I need to set a boundary here and actually do it. You got to do that a bunch of times before your body settles down and is like, okay, we can handle that. This is going to be okay. And so it is going to be really scary. And my guess is you're going to have heart palpitations for a couple times, if not more, until you realize this is just a new skill that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm doing something wrong, but it's going to feel like that. It's going to feel wrong right. when you're saying something that is really important to you and you don't know how it's going to be received. Right. Years ago, I worked with a lady who who made a comment that I've never forgotten. And she said, you know, everyone has a right to their expectations. The issue is, what do you do when those expectations are not met? Because that's where rubber hits the road, if you will. You know, being able to to accept that that didn't go the way you wanted to. And I think boundary setting is somewhat the same way. We may for very justifiable reasons have a need for boundaries, whether it's our family of origin, our marriage, our coworkers, our children, but then dealing with the fallout from that um, and the pushback, I think is the other thing, how to negotiate that once, once that boundary setting discussion didn't go exactly like you had hoped. So what advice do you have for that? Yeah, well, a couple things with that. Um, I think it's fair to ourselves to to think through that it may not go the way that you want it to go. I'm one of the first questions I always ask people when they're saying, you know, do you think I should do this or do you think I should say this? I'm like, what do you expect to have will happen? Because I I like to say we don't know. We're you know we're dealing with an, another complex human being. We don't know where they're at. They could have a great day or a, not a good day, and you know, or wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and we have no idea. Um, so usually, I say, "What's the goal?" That's my first thing. What's the goal? So if you can you know say to yourself, "What am I trying to get here? What am I trying to get out of this boundary?" Um, if if I'm trying to take care of myself, 
Like, I know that it's better for me to stay home than go out to dinner with you tonight because I'm going to be really exhausted the next day. I have to, I have to be okay with you being upset by that and also know that it was best for myself. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, you're going to say, wow, that's so great that you can stay home. I hope you have a really good night of rest. I'll tell you that happens about 10% of the time. <laughs> yep. It's the pushback that we're going to get is, don't you care about me? Well, it's just going to be for an hour. Can't you stay out like for an hour and then go to bed? You know, things like that. And I want to say, let's just prepare for that. And this is the trick. Give the other person some space to have that reaction. Hmm. Okay. So let's put myself in, in your shoes, right? You're taking a risk by asking me to go out to dinner. You might expect that I might say no. You hope that I might say yes, right? We don't know that. And so I know what it's like when somebody says no to me. So can I give you some space to have a reaction that may not be as accepting as I hoped of mine? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then parties. Yes, that's right. That's right. Like, let's, let's, let's try not to take it defensively, even though that's how we want to show up. And just say, hey, I I get that this is disappointing and I really hope to be able to take you up on that offer next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Statement like that. And, and, you know, that's a lot easier said than done. And that's why I said the first step has to be, you got to be willing to practice this a bunch. Mm -hmm. Try it out. It's going to be clunky the first few times that you really speak up for, you know, something that you want or that you don't want. And over time, the more you say it, the more you can see and have some empathy for the other person's reaction and still hold true to what your boundary was. Mm-hmm. Both are equally important. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think you're right. What is the goal? You yeah. know, sometimes I, that's my first question when I at, work with people in counseling is, what is your goal? What do you sure. want to get out of these sessions? Um, and so that's a, that's a really good forethought to spend some time on before you actually, you know, wade into the water, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me say this to the, there's, there's most likely some listeners who are hearing us talk and maybe, maybe what, what we're saying, it sounds a little prickly to them because it is very possible that boundaries have been used punitively in their life. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of things that, um, can be painful situations that are painful is when somebody puts a boundary up for themselves, but really it's to push us away. Mm-hmm. So if we have some listeners that are feeling, you know, I will, I don't want to set boundaries because I don't want to be hurtful or I don't want to set boundaries because I don't want to be hurt again. There's, there's room for you. And I understand the pain that that has caused. And so the goal in boundaries, I think it's really helpful to make this explicit is not to punish somebody else. That's not going to work. I'll just say right now. So if you're thinking of, um, you know, setting a boundary and hoping that the person learns a lesson, right? I hear that all the time. Well, maybe if I, maybe if I say no this time, they'll learn next time not to ask me. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. That that's a little bit manipulative, right? That can be kind of punishing in using a boundary. The boundary should be for me. What do I need? in order to be the person I want to be in this relationship. So if I say, you know, I'm not going to talk to this person today because if I talk to them, I'm going to lose my temper. 
So what I'm not doing is I'm not saying I'm not going to talk to them because they don't deserve to talk to me Mm -hmm. because I want them to know how mad I am. That's different, right? What I'm saying is it's my responsibility to know how I want to be and how I want to act. And if I can't do that, then this boundary is for me Mm -hmm. and it's protecting you. Right protecting us together. And so there are a lot of folks who kind of going back to the, you know, if you had a household that you grew up in where only one person was allowed to set the boundaries and nobody was allowed to challenge them. Mm -hmm. Those experiences are really painful and hurtful. And that takes a little bit of extra work to figure out for you what boundary setting is going to look like. Absolutely. Yeah. I read an article uh, in preparation for our episode today, and it talked about three different types of boundaries, a physical boundary, an emotional boundary, and a time boundary. Yeah. And I was, I kind of get the physical, you know, we all all need personal space, especially in the holidays. Don't make your kids kiss Uncle Harold. Don't make them sit on somebody's lap. You know, they have a right not to do that. Um, The emotional boundaries I thought was very insightful in that who do we share our innermost thoughts with yes and are these people that we can trust that will carry those as confidential and why are you sharing this private personal information with someone making sure yeah and then the third one was the one that i thought was really it, it surprised me but at the same time i thought wow that is such a good idea time boundaries yeah yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah, the idea that you know establishing time boundaries right up front have 15 minutes to talk to you if that doesn't work tell me a time I can call back later when we have more time to chat or you know will you take me to the mall well I can't do it right now but in an hour or two I may be available I I thought the time boundary thing was something that I would imagine everyone struggles with. Yeah. And how about I can kind of throw another example in there as far as time goes. How about we we uh, are constantly late arriving somewhere because of that one person who has to do that one more thing before we leave the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And we are getting more resentful each time this happens. And you're saying, I just want to get there on time. And they're saying, well, I just need to finish doing this, right? There's a time boundary issue. It's saying, I, I have somewhere that I need to be and it's important for me to be on time. We have another person who's saying, it's not as important, important for me to be on time and I want some freedom to do this. So what do we do with that, right? And um, I, I think that there, there can be room for, I need to leave at this time if you're not ready totally fine. It might be best for you to drive separately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there may be some people listening who are like, I could never do that. I get that. Right. That's a huge jump. So what if you started a little bit smaller? You know, what if it was, I really need to be here by this time. And so do you think you're going to be able to be ready by then? Exactly. So then we're setting up a conversation and in order to save us from the maybe argument or, you know, frustration that will come in the moment, we're saying ahead of time, how could I prepare for the fact that this thing that I need might not happen? 
And then we're discussing it. And I think too, you made such a good point in that telling people ahead of time, Mm -hmm. um, I'm planning to go to leave to go to the gym at 1030. Mm -hmm. If you want to go with me, so giving them advance notice, this is what I'm going to do. This is what time I'm going to do it. And, and that's all the time that I have, or that's the scheduled time that I have to go to the gym. And so yeah. That's when I'm I'm leaving. Yeah. When my when my kids were little, we used to go to McDonald's playground. Yes. And so, you know, it doesn't take very many experiences. Come on, it's time to go. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> get your shoes on. <laughs> meltdown right there in McDonald's. So I learned to say we have five more minutes, which doesn't really mean anything to them. But then we have four more minutes. And right. And usually by the time we got to, okay, it's time to go. Okay. Because then they had some agency in the decision too, even though they were only, you know, five and three or whatever. Sure. I'm wondering if it would be okay for me to throw out a couple more categories of boundaries. Absolutely. Kind of widen your, uh, just to add on to your physical, emotional, and time. I Just as you were talking, I was like, oh my goodness, I have this sheet. I'm going to pull it up. Because when I... When I say these, I think they will make a lot of sense. It also allows people to identify in different ways with maybe specific areas. They may be struggling with boundaries. Maybe the physical space one isn't, you know, maybe they got that down. However, intellectual boundaries, right? So that's a little bit different than emotional boundaries. And let's just talk about intellectually, what are my thoughts and uh, beliefs and academic journey or not? And what are yours? Mm Mm-hmm. And how often we try to talk somebody out of their intellectual experience, the reason for good reason. The reason we do that is because we want to connect with them. So it's for very good reason. And also it might be dismissing their intellectual boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's one area. Another one is spiritual boundaries. Mm. So what is a healthy sense of myself? What is my self-esteem? How do I feel about myself? Um, may or may not involve religion or religious practices, but just as a spiritual being, what do I own in that? And how much of that am I giving up to another person just to keep the peace? Mm. Right. That could be probably a whole nother episode, but that's, that's a big one. Sexual Mm -hmm. boundaries, a little bit different than physical, but in the same realm. And it's saying what kind of sexual experiences feel safe to me? feel right to me what do I like what do I not like what do I desire what do I not desire what am I doing for this person that I might not be comfortable for same kind of thing and then social boundaries so this is big if you're you know if you're in a group of people and you've got three really outgoing extroverts and an introvert somebody who's like I'm going to go to the party but I don't really want to talk to anybody right and all the extrovert oh yeah right that, yeah, so I raise my hand. Yes. I'm the person who's trying to get you to talk to people. Just come over here, meet this person, this me, you know, and you're going, no, really, I'm okay just sitting over here and watching everybody. Right? I get that. And so just looking at it differently as not a, a positive or a negative on either side, but saying, hey, this person over here has different social boundaries than I do. And there's a reason that they do. Let's get curious about that reason. Mm-hmm. instead of putting some sort of judgment or expectation like we've talked about on them. But social boundaries, 
those are those are defined pretty early in our life, mainly based on school experiences, being around other kids. And then when we get to adulthood, we're like, what do we even want to be doing here? Right. Well, if you find yourself asking that question, like, what, what do I want to be doing? We have a boundaries challenge. Mm-hmm. We're saying, what do I want versus what does somebody else want for me? Right. And I think that's really important to just to take a look at at some point in your life. Yes. So this may be overly simplistic, but is there a say this, not that um, template for approaching someone or discussing boundaries? Is there a perfect approach to those discussions? If there's a say this, not that, what would those be? Sure. I wish it was that easy. First of all, it depends on the safety and the relationship that you have with somebody. So if you've determined that, you know, that there's some openness in talking about your needs and your wants, then I don't think you have to be as rigid with a say this, not that, you know, if it's, if it's a new person in your social setting or in, in a relational dynamic, then usually my rule of thumb is to keep it very focused on, on me. So, Hey, this relationship is really important to me. And I've noticed that I, I don't always know how to communicate what I need. So I'm going to try to do this a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Would you be opening? Would you be open and hearing me for a second? A lot mm-hmm. of asking for permission. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Like so yes. are, are you okay if we have this conversation really quick? This, this might be a little bit challenging for me, but I, I value what we're doing here. So I want to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. That would be a big one. Um, What's not good to say, I can tell you is, hey, so I don't really like it when you do X, Y, Z. Could you change that? Not going to be super helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else up for, wait a second, where did this come from out of left field? Like, what are we doing? So, you know, that's not necessarily the case. I think stating the intention of, I care about you and I care about us and I've just been like mulling over some stuff that I, I'd like to talk about mm-hmm. is a really honest, transparent way of communicating a boundary. Right. Um, you know, as we go into the holidays, usually I probably talk about boundaries with, in the holidays more than any other season. And it's typically with family of some sort, mostly extended family. And nobody wants to upset the family, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. So a lot of times what I'll say is, hey, it's just really great to be concise and brief. We're going to be in town from December 23rd to December 27th, and we would love to see you sometime on December 25th. Mm -hmm. We're free from this time to this time. What would work for you? Yeah. Because what's going to happen if you don't do that is you're going to say, we'll be in town from December 23rd to 27th. And they'll say, great. Why don't you stay over? Right. And we're like, ha, how do I say no to that? You know, right. or vice versa. The other way, it's harder. Somebody says, I'm going to be in town from December 23rd to the 27th. Would it be okay if I stayed with you? Mm-hmm. And we're going, well, they're family. So I guess they should stay four days. That's not that big of a deal. And in inside, we're like, panicking. This is not going to work for me. And so being able to stop and just say, what is going to work for me? How can I communicate that? 
And again, I think that goes back to those expectations of here's here's what we are willing to accommodate and here's what we can't. And just being upfront with that. My other question, and this is really, this could be a whole um, podcast in itself. What's the best way to hold someone accountable without shaming or angering the guilty party if they don't comply to our boundary requests? I want to ask you what the boundary is, (laughs) because I think that matters. Um, I will tell you that setting a boundary is hard. What's harder is the follow through. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're getting at. You're Mm -hmm. saying what happens if the boundary isn't accepted or respected? Mm -hmm. What happens if it's negotiated? What happens if they like literally do not listen to me? Mm-hmm. What do I do in that moment? Right. Right. So I would say a couple things on that. Restating your intention often is one of the best ways to hold somebody accountable. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Yes. So there will be some part of us that wants to wiggle a little bit when we get some pushback or maybe some disrespect or, you know, just even somebody forgets, we'll be like, Oh, it's okay. That's all right. Mm-hmm. It's just another hour. Right. This happens a lot when somebody comes over for a visit. Right. And they're going to leave at like six 30 and it's pushing mm-hmm. seven fifteen, <laughs> and you're like, okay, 15 more minutes. But each time you say that there's a little bit more kind of angst traveling up your body. Right? And often resentment, I would say. Absolutely. I mean, most certainly will turn into resentment at some point mm-hmm. during that time, right? Um, and resentment is really our responsibility. It's not their responsibility. Resentment happens to us. So it's important. So being able to say, oh my gosh, it's 7.15. You know, I think we agreed that we both had some other things to do and 6.30 is coming on. So I really need to wrap up our time here. Mm-hmm. Restating mm-hmm. the intention. Right. Right. That's a big deal. Broken record statement. If you're getting pushback on the initial setting of a boundary or you're somebody's trying to negotiate with you, you just say the same thing over and over again. Okay. I'm going to be in town from December 23rd to 27th. Mm-hmm. I'm able to see you at this time on the 25th. Well, what actually what I was thinking was it might be really fun to get together on the 24th at like four. Would that be okay? Actually, I'm only going to be in town from the 23rd to the 27th. Mm-hmm. And the best times for me on the 25th are here. And, and I will tell you that you will feel silly saying that. Mm-hmm. And also they won't hear you for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's important to keep saying the same thing. It's right. also, a, you know, the more you want to add, the more confusing it gets. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're realizing that, Hey, this person isn't really getting it. They're not hearing me. They're not listening it's best to just kind of go back to the beginning and say the same thing again, mm-hmm. because something's going on in them and we just need to repeat ourselves. What we don't need to do is try to explain ourselves. Oh, talk about that for a minute. What's yeah. the difference there? So what happens when I try to explain to you all the reasons I can't come on December 24th? couple things. One, I'm caught off guard. I don't have my thoughts together. I can't guarantee what's going to come out of my mouth. 
right? That's one thing. Second thing is every time something comes out of my mouth, there may be a rebuttal to that. There was already a rebuttal to the first option. So if I give you three more reasons why, I'm, I'm a little bit opening up myself to have to answer all of those other questions and I may not have them. It's also a lot of time and energy. And if I have a lot of time and energy poured into upholding my own boundary, the chance that I'm going to be able to hang on to it in the long run gets slimmer and slimmer as the discussion goes on. And what's really helpful is to keep that kind of conversation as short and concise as possible so that the expectation is clear on both sides and I'm able to follow through. The more I explain, the less I'm going to be able to follow through. Right. Well, and I think you brought up the holidays, which, you know, what better time for boundary setting is the holidays. There's just, you know, gift giving and expectations and plans and social etiquette. You know, you're with people that you may not see ever except for Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, they talk about how many people um, drink or Mm -hmm. exhibit behaviors that other people are not comfortable with. So Mm -hmm. tell me your top three suggestions or recommendations for holiday family or friend gathering. It's not just families. It can be friends as well. Sure, sure. Uh, my top, I, you know, it's interesting when you say that I'm like, oh, I already know my number one suggestion is, uh, for you to plan your time ahead of time, Mm -hmm. schedule it out without even talking to the other people yet. What that does is it says, here is how I'm going to spend my time. I feel good about this. I can communicate it clearly. And I know that I won't get stuck. Mm -hmm. I think one of the worst fears is we're going to get stuck in a situation that we don't know how to get out of. Mm-hmm. That's a boundary issue, right? Yes. If I plan ahead of time and I say, here's how I want to spend my time and I want to incorporate other people into it. And I want to visit with people that I don't see very much, but I really can't, I can't be with aunt, you know, Mary for the next eight hours, but I know that I could for an hour and a half. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to be there. Right. So it's setting up my own time so that everybody can enjoy are visiting instead of me kind of like waiting for the clock to keep moving. So that's one plan your schedule ahead of time. The second is really, really think about what you want that time to be like. And what I don't mean is what do you want to do? I don't mean activity wise. I mean, how do you want to be? So a lot of times what I'll do when people, when people are coming over to my house, I'm going to give the secret now to anybody coming over to my house, how I, how I prepare for the visit. (laughs) I say, how do I want to be? I will tell you that some of the common words that show up on my list are, I usually want to be hospitable. I usually want to be kind and I want to have fun. Right. Nobody sets up and says, well, I really want to be a grouch and I really want to argue with this person. And I really, but that often happens. If I can say, how do I want to be? And then what do I need to do to be like that Mm -hmm. for myself? I'm already ahead of the game. Right. And somebody can show up and be their true authentic self that typically really annoys me. But if I have set my intention to be this way, and I know that if, you know, Aunt Mary over there is kind of 
complaining a bunch and I'm getting kind of agitated. I just need to go to the bathroom for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. So schedule your time ahead of time, set some intentions on how you want to be in those interactions. And then I would have some non-negotiables as my number three. So here's the way to set up non-negotiables. It's not to control the other person's behavior. It's to say, if I'm around this sort of thing, I know I'm not going to be able to keep it together. Mm. So it's a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. You do whatever you want to do and whatever you need to do. I'm not going to have any say in that. However, if I can't keep my stuff together, then I can't be involved. Right. And that that gives freedom for the other person. I'm not going to go tell them, you know, oh, by the way, I don't really like what you're doing. And I'm not going to be a nice person when you're doing that. So I'm not going to come. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. You make this term with yourself. And then when you sit down to plan your schedule, you take that into account mm-hmm. and you say, here's what's going to happen. You know, there's a lot of times that there are people that I can be with a whole lot better in public than I can in private. Mm. And I want to be with these people. So we have to go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Right. It's things like that. It's like, what, what are the the bottom line things for me where I know I'm not going to be able to, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't arrived at who I want to be. Mm-hmm. That's my responsibility to deal with. If right. I don't do that and we get into a situation and I kind of blow up or I leave crying or I start, you know, start a little argument with somebody else that those are all my issues. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's important for us to really take a a good look at ourselves internally and say, are there a couple things that I know this holiday season I am not going to be able to do? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now, I've already got one in my head. You ready for this? Sure. My kids are all going to ask me if they can have a secret Santa party. Oh. And they're going to want to have a secret Santa party with like five different friend groups. Oh. And I'm going, I already know what one secret Santa party is going to look like. So even anticipating this, right, I, I, in my head, I'm going, okay, I got three kids. They each want to have five secret Santa parties. That's, that's basically 15 different parties. I'm going to have to buy how many gifts for, no, I can't do that. Right. And so what I don't want to do is they come to me and say, can I have five secret Santa parties? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you want to have five secret Santa parties. Why would you do that? You know, no, I just need to know ahead of time. Let's do something secret Santa wise, if that's what somebody wants to do. And there's going to be some limits to it Mm -hmm. so that we can enjoy it. Right. And it's, it's interesting because as soon as like this time of season comes around, I'm I'm already going through like the lists of, Hey, it's not just me. It's my kids and my friends and my colleagues and all this and start to look at it and say, what am I willing to do? And what am I not willing to do? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Lead with that. Yes. And, you know, I have a friend group here in in Denver and I proposed this year, let's don't buy each other gifts. There's nothing that I need. I don't know what you need. And let's just get together and, you know, have some desserts or some appetizers and and a bottle of champagne or something. And every single person said, oh, my God, I'm so glad you said that. Right. And you know what's fascinating about that is every single person was thinking the same thing and nobody wanted to say it. Right. Nobody wants to let somebody else down, right? Yeah. And then somebody says, and they're like, oh, thank God. You know, and maybe 
next year, another one of the people in that group would lead with that Mm -hmm. because they would say, oh, that actually went okay. Okay. I can say that. Yes. Uh, And so it does take, it takes somebody, it takes one of us to be willing to kind of step out and say, okay, I'm going to give this a try and see how it goes. Right. And as we provide some safety in our responses, other people can do the same thing. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Such wonderful tips and recommendations. And I will be in India for Thanksgiving. So I don't have to worry about any of those. Wow. Yeah. But I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. Are you coming out here or are your Denver friends coming in there? Um, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I typically host Thanksgiving for both sides of my family, like my husband's side and my side, whoever can come. And I've done that for a really long time, most likely planning on doing that again this year and have some other, other Denver related things coming up later in the year for our friends who moved. So we'll, we'll kind of see how it plays out, but already started talking about it and it's, you know, it's coming pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yes, for sure. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. We love having you on the podcast. And if things get really bad, we may do a, another visit on just the holidays. But sure. let's, hope, let's yeah. hope it goes well. That's true. Let's hope it does. Thanks so much for having me. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored you're sharing your day with us. Do you love a good book? So do we. So join us for the Problem with Perfect Book Club. If you'd like more information about what we're reading this month and how to join us for the virtual discussion, please email us at theproblemwithperfect at gmail.com. Or if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, use that same email, theproblemwithperfect at gmail.com, to send us your ideas or feedback. We love hearing from you. And if this episode has been helpful, please share it with a friend or a family member who might find it encouraging. Secondly, we would love for you to leave a review on Apple or on Spotify. It's only going to take you a few minutes, but it will really help our podcast grow. And while you're there, make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode. As always, a special shout out to our editor, Jordan Overcamp, for making us sparkle. And remember... There's always enough grace for you today, so be sure to give it to yourself.